sound on Can't hear you, EC. Shall I play? 
Yes, no? Okay. <laughs> I can't hear anything. Meditation. Still a little choppy. It's better. Announcements. Please notice that there is music in the worship folder this morning, and we will be uh, singing uh, All Creatures of Our God and King, as well as A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And uh, again, what we'll do there is that Anna will play the music and then uh, we'll stay muted and we can either read along or, uh, or sing at home and we'll she'll play through uh, the right number of verses so that we can uh, join and sing together. We also uh, have uh, two items at the back of your worship folder that I want to draw your attention to. Uh, the first being uh, a little bit of an explanation about uh, the background of a mighty fortress, which interestingly enough, uh, Anna informed us and we learned uh, this week at lead team, was written right after uh, a significant plague event in Germany and, uh, and had an impact on Luther and even uh, trial. There is a... Uh, an um, run for their lives, and uh, my mom will be coming on later before the prayers of the people to give us a missionary update regarding uh, Yo-Yo and Bob, the young uh, support through the Bolog family, and Pastor Bolog and his family, and then also, uh, she'll give us an update on um, the fundraiser coming up May 2nd, so that'll be a little later in the worship service. Uh, on our regular announcements, everything else is as it normally is, except for, I want to draw your attention to the Women's Connect group. 
Thank you for keeping up, Nick. Uh, 7 to 8 p.m. And there's also been the addition of a password, which is on your worship folder. I'm sure Anna will be sending out uh, an announcement as well. But as you see there, the women's group is now 7 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, and there is a password um, there listed after link to the women's uh, prayer and fellowship group on Tuesdays. Um, those are the announcements, uh, I think, that, that, uh, that are different. Uh, the, the last announcement I want to draw your attention to is there in green. On Tuesday the 28th, uh, Steve and Chris will be... Um, hosting another uh, live stream. Uh, the topic is anger. And uh, again, um, to enjoy um, and be benefited from a discussion uh, about anger led by Steve Christian. And uh, again, Bethany's Facebook page um, has more information about how to log in there. Bethany Community Church in Canby. So uh, you look that up and you should be able to connect with them through Facebook. Are there any other uh, announcements uh, that, that I need to make? I know that's a little bit harder in this situation, um, but I think I've hit all the ones we had in our, our, our meeting. I can do a brief announcement. Yeah. Um, this week, I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about just the, what a lot of us may be feeling. Um, I, I wrote down a few words that I've heard people say this week and that I've been feeling at times. Um, discouraged, uh, disheartened, losing touch, uh, and isolated. Um, and I think it really just drew to the forefront what is on our minds and hearts is just the need um, for us to be connecting, um, even though we're in this time of uh, physical distancing. Um, so I just want to encourage um, you all um, to reach out uh, to people in your lives, uh, reach out to each other. Um, I, I'm going to give you some homework. Um, I want you to call at least one person or do a Skype or a FaceTime with uh, one person who's in the congregation this week um, and just talk about how life is going. Um, and then I also want to make sure, hey, touch base with a friend or somebody who's not in the congregation um, as well. Um, I think making connections just are really important and sometimes we, we lose track of that. Um, also, just I want us to be intentional, especially if you're if you do touch base with a you know in the congregation or a believer, intentionally spend a few moments and pray together. Um, I think that is a really powerful thing that and a gift that we still can do really well, even in this time of, of physical distancing. And so I, I want to encourage you to do that when you do talk with each other um, to pray together. Doesn't have to be long, um, but just you know, for a few moments, I think that can be really good. Um, and then, yeah, just encouraging you if you haven't uh, to check out one of the groups. Um, check out one of the groups we have: the the women's group on Tuesday night, um, the men's group on Wednesday night, the prayer group Wednesday um, at noon, um, and then 
this adult Sunday school, um, which is continuing to go through praying through the Psalms, being led by uh, Ben and Mary Guidus, um, that had originally been scheduled to stop this week. Um, and we're going to be continuing that class on through May. Um, so that's Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Um, so just, yeah, those connections, I think they can be good for us as individuals personally. Um, I think there's also just a lot of value um, in terms of being present and for the other people there. Um, and so I think you can't discount that your presence at a group could be really encouraging to somebody else who's there as well. That's all I have this week. Um, so let's, uh, let's turn our hearts to worship. The opening psalm this morning comes from Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all the people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosened my bonds, and I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in the midst of Jerusalem, Praise the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would continue to minister in and through your word. Lord, we are very reliant upon your spirit to gather us together. That's always true, but in this season, it is even more clear to us that we need your spirit to unite and to encourage, to breathe into us, that we might feel not only close to you, but close to one another. Lord, that the separation we know and experience would be lessened by the reality of a God who created us to be in community. We praise you this morning that we were created for the act of relationship and the act of worship. And we pray that as we do so in this less than ideal fashion, 
you would still be honored and glorified and that your people would be fed and encouraged in the midst of the sure knowledge of a God who is present and binding us together even this morning across the distance. Thank you again in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
This morning's first renewal reading is from the book of Acts. Listen carefully, this is God's word. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Our next reading is in Luke 24. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walked? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they had seen visions of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary? that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in the scriptures all the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. 
their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn in us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. We lose Kipley. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, Hello? Sir. Okay. Reading from First uh, Peter 1, 17 to 23. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake. Through him you are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. And Lord bless the reading of his word as we come to this time of confession, it, it is in this Easter time uh, good to focus on the joy and the hope that we have. And as the uh, disciples had to be walked through scriptures that most of them could have quoted from memory, they were well versed, and yet there was a way in which they needed the word opened again by the power of the resurrection and the resurrected Christ to see afresh and anew the great hope of the gospel. And each week we have various things, certainly right now, that press on us to, as uh, Ben uh, counseled us, to, to feel the weight. And it's not that we just simply uh, dismiss the pain or the isolation, but we confess that which is designed and meant to replace it, not just in the short term, but for eternity. That which doesn't change and that which allows us to have victory even over sin and death. So let's confess our need for Christ, our need for these new hearts to beat strong within us first together and then silently. Searcher of hearts, it is a good day when you give us a glimpse of ourselves. Our souls thirst for you more than a deer pants for water. 
Sin is our greatest evil, but you are our greatest good. Our family, church, and community do worse because of our sins. Our sins bring judgment in thinking sins are a small matter, or that God is not angry with our sin because of its smallness. Give us grace to recall our needs. Lack, our lack of knowing you will in scripture of wisdom to guide others, of having words without love, our daily repentance, our lack of the spirit of prayer, our lack of zeal for your glory, our lack of joy in you and your will, the smallness of our love for others, our preoccupations in seeking our own ends. Let us not stop short of the fountain, never touching the eternal spring, never drawing down water from above. Please continue in silent confession. Amen. Hear now the assurance that the fountain will always flow and will fill each heart and each life this morning from Psalm 30. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, praise his holy name. For his anger lasts but a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen. Please join with me as we sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
Amen. Amen. That is, a, again, I encourage you to take time to read the uh, little historical blurb that Anna shared with us on the back of your worship folder, just giving context to that hymn. It is uh, very fitting in the day in uh, which we are living. Uh, if uh, I'll go ahead and mute, uh, unmute Mary and Belle. Um, most of you have met her. Uh, she's had opportunity to visit. Uh, she has uh, been my mother most of my life. No, actually, I suppose all of it. Um, and she's also had the, the privilege uh, and the opportunity to uh, be uh, a mother and an encourager and an executive director for so many uh, orphan children uh, in Romania and helping to facilitate that for well over 20 years now. And God has uh, blessed. Some of those kids are, are, are grown. Uh, some of them uh, continuing to participate in the ministry but of course there are new generations all the time of children in need. And RCE has uh, specialized in some areas, particularly in helping those who are most in need, uh, some of them with mental and physical handicaps. So I'm going a little far into what should be her description of what's going on. Uh, but mom, thank you for spending time with us this morning. And uh, we look forward to an update from uh, what's going on with RCE. Thank you, son. Um, one of the benefits of this strange and uh, rather fraught time is that David and I are able to worship with you at CVP. And we are able to hear the word of the Lord as preached by our son. And that has been a joy. Um, East, can you let me know? Can everybody hear me? Am I on? Good, good. About 10 hours ago or so, it was morning in Romania, and Pastor Nelu Balog joined his family together for a worship service. And during that time, only with his family, he prayed for his congregation, which is which are isolated uh, because of the virus. And after he prayed for his people who are not able to join together on, on Zoom as you all are, he also prayed for CVP because he is grateful for the prayers and support of your as you probably know, that's okay, he's looking a little worried there. I think that must be because um, you're having trouble with the video, but that's no problems. As you probably know, Romanian Christian Enterprises rescues abandoned children with disabilities. Kids like you and Bobby Balag. By the way, Yo-Yo and Bob are not biological brothers. They were not given those names at birth. They came to us from different but equally tragic beginnings. And while they lived in our group, these two little boys, four and five years old, formed a There, you can imagine that there was a certain amount of, uh, I was looking at somebody else. Are we okay, Yis? 
Yeah, I think so. Sometimes when you move a little bit, you may hit your microphone. I'm not sure if it's it, okay. It, so if, if you're a little bit, um, you might certainly okay. be. Uh, How's this? Covered. That sounds good. Okay, trying not to move around here. What what a what a um, a morning for <laughs> for technical glitches. But back to the Balag boys. So when they came in to the family, Darius, who is the older of the boys and who's high functioning and can speak, was very protective of little Claudio. And so when he introduced them to new people, he would always say, me and him. It was just showed that protective spirit. And me and him sounds like Yo-Yo and Bob in Romania. And so their little nicknames stuck. New names and a new life. There is an old saying, Southern saying, if you see a turtle sitting on a fence post, you know it had help getting there. It had help getting there. Yo-Yo and Bob had help. And part of that help came from all of you at CVP. They now have an opportunity to grow up in a family. They have an opportunity to know the God who rescued them. And if you would like to help our CE again, anew, you can take part in our event this Saturday, which EC mentioned. And all the details are on the flyer and on your webpage, and I won't go into them now. But it would give you an opportunity as families to get some exercise together and do a, a, a virtual Zoom event. But as we continue to worship this morning, even with technical difficulties, take joy in knowing that God is at work around the world and that he is using all of you to make mercy happen. Thank you. And again, it's uh, so apt as we head into uh, a time of, of prayer uh, to both be praying for uh, the needs of missionaries, uh, the needs of uh, churches that as much as we struggle, uh, I quite frankly hadn't even contemplated that folks in Romania under the same lockdown wouldn't even have what we have here this morning. Um, as I uh, take one moment here to uh, transfer hosting, again, we'll take a time uh, to um, where did you go, Monty? Uh, to uh, offer our prayer requests. Uh, again, that will happen through the um, chat window. Uh, it will be in just a moment. Uh, it will be transferred to, um, gosh, there's so many of us. I can't find Monty. There you are. Um, Monty's being made the host, and so what will happen then, everything, all those prayer requests, that chat window will become now private, and it will go only to Monty. So uh, as Amy plays for us, 
uh, please enter prayer requests there, and uh, we'll take this time before the prayer. Uh, uh, Steve Green comes to lead us in the prayers of the people in a few minutes. Pray with me. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and yet do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices. Put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Father, we come to you this morning realizing that it is true that only in you do we find safety. We recognize that you have all power, that you are good, that you are with us. Not only that you're with us, but that you love us and you protect us. And so we thank you for the way you are at work, even in these difficult times. We thank you for the answers that we have seen for prayer, for health, 
We thank you, Lord, that the pandemic seems to be slowing down. We thank you for the opportunity, as EC was just mentioning, that we have the opportunity to be connected even through technology. We pray for those churches around the world who do not have that opportunity and ask that you would be continuing to strengthen them, that you would be continuing to demonstrate your goodness and your care, even when they don't have the opportunities and the resources that we do. We do pray, Lord, that you would help us to recognize that even in this time of stay at home, that you are at work, that you are at work in calling us to pray. So we pray together for those who have significant stress in their families, for spouses that are finding conflict, for parents and children and siblings who find conflict. Particularly, Lord, we pray for those places where domestic violence has been a part of life and ask that you would protect those who are at risk. We pray, Lord, that you would bring repentance and deep sorrow for those who are abusive. We pray for schooling issues. Lord, there are many students who need to finish their school year well. We pray in that particular for the Fox students who are finishing and some who are graduating. We ask, Lord, that you would give them grace to finish well. We pray that you would give them an ability to know how to move forward from graduation whether it's to grad school or whether it's to work. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to give opportunities. Thank you for Casey and her admission to grad school. We thank you, Lord, for those who will get jobs. We pray for those who are laid off, those who are trying to find jobs, those who are stressed trying to accomplish their work from home. Lord, this is a difficult time, and we pray that you would give us grace. We pray for those who are in financial difficulty, who do not have enough. Particularly, Lord, we pray for children in our community who are hungry because there isn't school, and sometimes that means there isn't meals. We pray, Lord, that you would provide food for the hungry and that you would give us wisdom to know what role we might play in continuing to participate with that. We pray for those who are frontline, who are taking care of the ill, whether that's the first responders, whether that's the medical staff, whether that's the hospital staff. Lord, we pray that you would give them grace, that you would protect them, and that you would demonstrate your goodness to them. We pray as well for wisdom for those who are leading our country, those who are leading our states and our local communities. We ask, Lord, that you would give them wisdom to know how to balance safety, both with the virus, but also with the economy. And Lord, we do pray that you would particularly move the hearts of those in leadership to care for those who are at risk. Father, we thank you for Charlie, Belinda's niece's husband, and that he's recovering. We pray for Alice, his wife, that they would be able to get good care for her kidney disease. We continue to pray for Sam and for healing for his ankle. We pray for Sam's daughter, Naomi, and for her pregnancy. Please give them a a delightful opportunity and experience in this pregnancy and please bring their child to a full term healthy delivery. We pray for Jeff Adams and his continuing recovery and ask that you would give him strength, that you would give him clarity of mind and that you would lead him as he leads his family. We do pray for Judy Hughes and for those who mourn Paul, we miss him. Thank you for the opportunity to have known him and to be affected by him, to be influenced. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that those who mourn would mourn with hope. 
We thank you for RCE as it's dealing with issues in Romania and for those who have tremendous need. We thank you for the work it does in caring for those who are at risk. And we pray that this fundraiser would be able to raise significant funds to help RCE do more. We pray for safe families. We've already talked about the possibility of domestic violence. We recognize that Safe Families is continuing to deal with families who are already stressed, but are now under greater stress because of all the issues with the economy and with COVID and with stay at home. But Lord, again, we come back to recognize that you are the God who is with us, who loves us, and who is at work. And so we pray this morning as we continue in worship that you would guide us to recognize the truth that with you, we can trust you that you are powerful, that you do good, that you love us, and that what you take us through is for both our good and for kingdom. And so we pray, Lord, as we continue this service and as we conclude this prayer, that you would help us to pray with Jesus and to believe these amazing truths that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Steve. As we... Uh come together again uh we uh want to take opportunity to pass the peace to one another so if you uh can and want to turn your uh video on the peace of the lord be with you good morning peace of the lord brothers and sisters peace of the lord to you Peace to the Lord, Bretsimus. Peace to the Lord. Peace to the Lord. Peace to the Lord, Mary. Come see your shining faces. Peace to the Lord. Peace to the Lord. Peace to you. Peace to the Lord. Peace to the Lord. Not the same. Peace, Lord. <laughs> I love uh, I love how we include our animals in uh, in the peace of the Lord. Uh, hey, Brownings. Hi. A few weeks of uh, cats and and other animals, and it's a, it is a joy. Uh, this morning we will take opportunity to look at two uh, of the. Um, characteristics that Paul encourages in those who uh, seek uh, ordained office, but more importantly, and we've been trying to uh, underpin this in the sermon series, that, that these are just wise ways in which we foster growth in, in the richness of who we are in Christ in all the believers, that the freedom and the joy marked out by the lives of maturity that Paul is listing here these uh, categories, these characteristics are such that uh, you may not be called to an ordained office, called to uh, upfront leadership in some way or another, but 
these characteristics are all ones which uh, will, in your own life, grant you uh, a great deal of freedom and intimacy with Christ. And so the application is, is really for all of us, even though some of us will be uh, asked to, to take on additional responsibilities in the midst of having these characteristics and these uh, wonderful, uh, enjoying relationship with God. So let's put the text in front of us, Ephesians, Ephesians, 1 Timothy chapter 3, just as verses 1 through 7, hear now God's word. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must, not, he must manage his own household well, and with all dignity keep his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must, be a, not, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up and conceited, and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsider, outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace or into the snares of the devil. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us by your spirit the opportunity to walk with you and to know you more deeply. We pray that we would again do that as we look into your word and that we might delight in what it means to follow you, to know you, and in some small way to think your thoughts after you. And whatever is said this morning that is not beneficial for the building up of your people, Lord, may those words quickly be forgotten. Amen. The road to Emmaus illustrates uh, a part of Jesus's teaching that goes back even to uh, Matthew 13 and the very famous parable of the uh, seeds and the soils. That is to say that it is an ongoing activity to grow and to understand and to believe in ever greater degrees the amazing truths of the gospel. They are in so many ways contrary to the desires of our fallen hearts, hard for us to imagine in the midst of a broken world, that Paul here in two uh, very key qualifications for leadership maps out two characteristics which are just important and in our understanding of what it means to live the Christian life. The first is that spiritual growth is a process and we can't rush it. The work of the spirit in our own time of uh, discipleship uh, simply is something that takes time. God delights to work in and through us. Uh, he could have, I suppose, as soon as we believe in him, download all of the information and all of the faith and all of the strength that we would ever need, and we would feel it instantaneously, and then we would never have another moment like the father begging for Jesus to come and heal his son as he says, I believe, help my unbelief in Mark 9. But God is a God of process. And so it's not surprising that first 
Paul warns that that process should not be new in those we give the responsibility and the weight of the office to. And the second one we'll look at this morning is that the fruit of knowing Christ is that in ever greater degrees, our ability to interact with and to be winsome and to have a good report, not simply among the people within the congregation, but those in our community and non-believers as well, becomes a mark of Christian maturity, a mark of leadership, and a mark certainly of Jesus's ministry itself. So let's take a look first at not being a recent convert. Now, again, this is care for the individual. The weight of the office can either overwhelm in two ways a young believer. One, as it's encouraged, uh, suggested here, that it will puff them up, that it'll give them an overly optimistic view of their spiritual progress, that they have a certain knowledge and weight. And again, if somebody is winsome, if someone is passionate in their conversion, if they are well-spoken and have natural gifts as a teacher or a leader, it can be tempting. Uh, one of my great sorrows, and I'm hopeful that the Lord is gracious, is that uh, Bob Dylan at one point converted, and we unfortunately put him up in front of way too many folks very early in his faith, and at some point, because the church is an awkward place, uh, Bob got to see the underside of Christianity and the way he thought he was being used, and sadly then renounced his faith. There is wisdom in giving people opportunity to grow in their knowledge and depth of who they are so that they are not either overly optimistic or in the case of uh, the great poet Bob Dylan, uh, become overwhelmed by the fact that the church is not as perfect as we would all want it, that oftentimes being a believer and applying the gospel is messy and that there is much need for forgiveness inside the body as there is outside. And so not being uh, puffed up and not uh, easily being dissuaded from the faith because of inexperience. If we go back to the parable of the soils, this is the warning that Jesus has for those uh, seeds that fall on rocky soil, where there is initial and quick response. But we need to guard those tender shoots and make sure that they are in deep soil, an opportunity to grow at the pace that will allow them to develop the deep roots that will be required for times of drought and times of strength. We need it in our own lives. And so Paul first warns here in our, in our time this morning that we need to be gentle with those tender shoots to encourage them to grow in their faith. It takes time and it takes tempering. Passages that I want to draw your attention to this morning in line with this, just to contemplate what's in Paul's mind. Think of Romans 5, 1 through 7, about how our faith grows, that as we are justified and have peace with God, we can then go through the difficulties that lead to a hope that does not disappoint. Those who are going to lead us in the church need time to walk down Romans 5, 1 through 7, to have some of those experiences to grow their faith deeply. 
James 1 tells us that we have an opportunity in testing to have our faith grow more steadfast. So the first encouragement is not simply that there is a some kind of uh, waiting period or uh, some kind of arbitrary uh, holding people off who are passionate and young in their faith. It is a mercy and a grace. And I love the fact that Paul does not put a time limit on it. It doesn't say that you have to wait a year, five years, 10 years, but that of course, each one of us will be different. And as we engage with one another in the faith, we have opportunity to be encouraged, uh, to be built up. And as we've talked about throughout this sermon series, to learn the art of both accepting comfort, confrontation, and call, and also learn how we can too participate in comforting and confronting and calling our brothers and sisters on to Christ. The second uh, item this morning in the characteristics of a leader is that that they are well thought of by outsiders. Now, for me, this has always been um, very important. Because it strikes me that as the church reaches out into the world, and because we have so many unfortunate statistics that indicate that even when somebody comes an adult believer, that within three, four, five years, they don't know any non-believers, not as friends. They may have to work with them. They may share cubicle farms with them. They may have other contact, but not friendship, not the people that they break bread with and have time with outside of work. And yet scripture seems to indicate that one of the marks of maturity is an ability to have a good rapport with outsiders, not simply that there are no lawsuits against you, uh, not simply that you are uh, not openly criticized in the society or in your community, but the clear indication is that it matters how we interact with a broken and fallen world in being salt and light. And so again, in this setting, for those who are wrestling with what it means to have relationships outside the church, when we live in a society where the temptation, because of the pressures of secularization, because of the pressures of uh, many changing cultural norms in our society, it is tempting to turn inward. It is tempting to be around those who affirm certain things that we believe to be key in the faith and in our lifestyles. And it's interesting then to reflect back on the parable of the soils and think about those who grow up among the weeds and as the cares of the world begin to choke out their hope and optimism of the faith, that is the pressures of finance and the pressures of the world weigh them down that the nature and quality of their faith begins to dwindle and shrivel. And so part of our role in encouraging one another in the faith and looking at how we choose uh, those who would lead us on is to what degree has that faith become choked out by the cares of the world? Still holding on to basic orthodoxy in one fashion or another, but not really delighting in and seeing the spread of the gospel through connection with friends and family, encouragement within the body, and also the hope of reaching out to those outside of the church 
again, passage I think of here is Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit, that a life that is increasingly encouraged by the gospel will manifest the fruit of the Spirit. And those, uh, as Paul says, there is no law against them, and they are winsome and attractive. And they both have the realization that life is often difficult and challenging, but also are able to, much as Jesus did, as he embodied all truth, become attractive to those outside, those who felt disenfranchised from the faith. The opportunity to see them gathered in, that they might not fall into disgrace or the snares of the devil. And again, going back to Jesus's parable, when we become worried about the way the world is going in a way that doesn't have the hope of the gospel, when our pressure on finances overwhelms us, that is when we are tempted to take shortcuts in our faith, tempted to take shortcuts in our life, and even mature, long time, chronologically advanced Christians can fall into great difficulties during times of difficulty. We want to encourage the joy of what it means. The upside to being sensitive to the soils in our brothers and sisters' lives and to care for them in the midst of it is that what we know in the promise of Jesus in the parable in Matthew 13 is that as we cultivate and encourage the soil that we grow in as a congregation individually and corporately, as we encourage this life within the body that the harvest the harvest is extravagant. The harvest is unimaginable. And that is certainly no less in our own hearts and our own lives as we grow in our knowledge and understanding of the peace we have with God on the long journey from being an early convert into the depth of knowing the richness of who God is and his faithfulness, but not just in our early life and our maturity, but in the midst of those difficult days when it is tempting as we see the weeds come up around us, that in our brothers and sisters around us, to have those uh, weeds made clear to us, to be guarded, to be comforted, to be protected by our brothers and sisters and those who would lead the church those we would vote for and call to lead the church, that God will in his mercy, not that they will ever do it perfectly, but give us the opportunity to be patient, to grow, to have that faith rooted deep. And in the midst of that, the fruit of the spirit grow so that the harvest that Jesus promises by his spirit, we can participate in and enjoy. Leadership helps sets the tone. And it is part of who and what we are called to do. To encourage the young in their faith so that they too can one day take roles as leadership as God calls them. But also in the midst of our faith to expect and believe that God can bless our contact, not just within the body, but within the world that needs so desperately 
to hear the good news of the gospel. To have leaders who help us find those lost sheep. So Paul sets these things up, not because each person will meet all of these standards all the time, but that as we care for and encourage one another, we delight in and enjoy and embrace a completely different view of leadership and different characteristics than what the world would prioritize. May the Lord bless us with leaders and may he be gracious in giving those leaders a servant's heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be merciful to the preaching of your word. Lord, we do desire to be patient, to grow our roots deep. We pray that you would teach us through your word, through your spirit, and through one another. And we ask, Lord, that in ever uh, richer and deeper ways, you would give us a heart for those who are in need of the gospel. Lord, give us those contacts, give us that opportunity that we might bring honor to who you are as we bring the confidence of the gospel into the world around us and not our fears. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. I think, Amy, if you're ready, we'll take uh, a time to uh, respond to God's call and provision in Christ uh, as we take opportunity to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. continue to encourage one another together. I think that uh, especially in light of Ben's encouragement to us to encourage and to connect with one another on those things which we can bless and reaffirm, we take this time to confess our faith, that which uh, can sustain us in good times and in times of distance. Christian, what do you believe? In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, 
sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Amen. It is always a joy to be with you. And again, just a reminder, after the service, we'll, uh, we'll leave the, the room open. And so encourage you to connect with one another and uh, say hello, make plans to connect maybe later in the week. Look up now and receive the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace, both now and forevermore. Amen. sunshine until like three o'clock here so yeah. release the children yeah.